Just imagine that every month is a chapter of your autobiography in life and business. Would you be inspired and excited to write it or even read it? Welcome to the Get Out Your Way podcast. I'm your host Osman Sharif from Rapid Transformation and I'm here to help you get unstuck so you can rapidly grow your business. As a performance coach for small business owners, I know how vital it is for you to truly embrace entrepreneurship from the inside out, which includes transforming your mindset and using strategies that really work with your unique talents, skills and entrepreneurial superpower. So are you ready to get out your way? Then let's get started. Welcome to episode number 39 and today I'd love to chat through a book that I have just finished listening to. Have you ever had one of those moments where a book ends and you kind of go, oh, because you wanted more? So a couple of weeks ago, I downloaded the book Becoming by Michelle Obama on Audible and I started to listen to it. I do like listening to things, especially if I'm traveling or if I'm driving around. So I started to listen to the first couple of chapters and I remember I just kept talking about it to Shireen. So when she would get in the car, I would stop it and then we'd just chat about it. Or if I was dropping her from work or somewhere, I'd go right and I'd reach to my phone and start going to listen to it to put it back on. And there's a particular part where I was mid-chapter and I picked up Shireen and I was just like, I just want to continue to listen to it. And she got really engrossed in it as well. So it then became this thing which was great in one hand because she started to listen to it, but then I'd feel that I can't listen to it until Shireen's in the car. So it took a bit longer to get through the book because we were doing it together. And with that, we also had to compromise. I don't know about you, but when I listen to something, Audible, books or podcasts, apart from this podcast, because I can talk a little bit fast, I can't listen to anything on normal speed. So I think I was listening to the book at something like 1.75 times and we had to compromise and we took it down to 1.25 because Shireen can't stand listening to things that are faster. She's all about savouring that moment in the way it's meant to be. So we did have to compromise but I'm glad that we both listened to the book together because it has sparked some great conversations and also great reminders for both of us in terms of our own lives, our family life, for what she's doing in her career and also for me and my business. So this podcast episode's not a book review of Michelle's book Becoming. I would definitely recommend that you do read or listen to it and instead I'd love to kind of take some parts that really just jumped out for me and reflect upon it for people like me and you who are growing our own businesses and why we can learn about it, and why we can make sure that we become who we truly are on that journey in life and business. So you might be thinking, why did I even decide to listen to this book in the first place? Well, for me, I've always been intrigued and had this admiration for the Obamas since first getting to know that they even existed. So taking away anything to do with the politics side of it, I've always just been really intrigued by the Obamas and always been impressed at how they came across. They just seemed really human and that was what really inspired me to think about. I wanted to find out more. Plus, I've always been so interested in everything White Housey. So one of our favourite TV series was Scandal and probably takes me back to when I was in high school, third year, bit of a tangent here. 
We were learning about discursive essays before our exam time and the teacher, my English teacher, brought in lots of newspapers and we were to choose a topic, something that would have two different sides to the story that we can argue and discuss. And I remember my teacher loved me so much that she asked me to sit at the desk right in front of her desk so that we can have great conversations and she can keep an eye on me that way. And I remember flicking through the newspaper and just watching her reaction. So Monica Lewinsky was on the page and I just remember hearing her going, and I was like, miss, why are you talking? And she was saying, and she kind of didn't say a bad word around her, but I could totally tell that she didn't really see Monica Lewinsky in positive eyes. So me being a curious or rebellious soul when I was back at that age, I was saying, Miss, I just think that she's misunderstood. And I think it's actually her that we should be more in favour of rather than Bill Clinton. So I decided in that moment I was going to do my discursive essay around Monica Lewinsky and Bill Clinton's scandal. Yep, at the young age, I probably didn't even really fully understand it on reflection. So to cut a long story short, it just so happened that Monica Lewinsky was coming to Glasgow on her book tour. So the teacher came to me a couple of days later and said, did you see that your Monica is coming to Glasgow? And I remember just saying, well, I'll obviously have to go as part of my research. And I still don't know what possessed my mum to actually let me go. But we're going to school and I remember saying to my mum, I need to go to Glasgow to Borders because I need to go and get a book as part of my English project. She didn't question it, which is actually really scary when I think about it now. So she dropped my brother and my sister up at school and then I went to Glasgow, waited in the queue to go and get my book from Monica Lewinsky. And it just so happened it was quite newsworthy because there was cameras and reporters and papers and everything there. And I was there first thing in the morning and then there's a queue. And what do you do when you see a queue? I thought, well, I better just queue up. So I was probably like number like eight or nine in the queue. And yep, can you imagine when I got home afterwards, I got my book signed and my dad phoned and said, Osman, where have you been? I was like, oh, I was in town. And he said, get to the local shop and buy a newspaper. And there I was on page three, me looking in Monica Lewinsky's eyes as she's looking in my eyes as she hands over her book that she just signed for me. And yes, it was interesting the next day when I had English first period at school and my teacher honestly came in and she said that she nearly choked on her dinner because she was just watching dinner, watching reporting Scotland and there I was being interviewed after meeting Monica Lewinsky. And to make things even funnier, a few periods afterwards I get a knock on the door in one of the classes and it was the head teacher and he said, Osman, can I see you outside? And he had this stern look in his face. And effectively, I was playing truant, even though my mum knew where I was. And he's like, I saw you in the newspaper and I saw you on the TV. Do you have the book? Can I see it? (laughs) So he asked me to bring the book down and he saw the funny side of it. So I totally digress by telling you that story. But really, I think that's where my interest for all things White Housey started from. And the Obamas had a very, very different experience of their time in the White House. There was no major scandals of the Monica and Clinton type. But really, as I say, that was part of the reason why I picked up that book virtually and wanted to listen to it as well. And also for me, I made a decision to stop reading so many different kind of how-to books. So I'm doing a lot more reading on autobiographies, a lot more on philosophy and just getting different perspectives. And that exactly what I got from listening to this autobiography. So a huge thing that I took away from the book was that this wasn't a goal for Barack Obama or Michelle Obama. They didn't grow up 
saying, right, we want to be the president and the first lady of the United States. But each step that they took in their careers took them that one step further towards this becoming a vision and, in fact, a reality as well. And I particularly loved that fact because even for me and the vast majority of clients that I work with and business owners, they didn't have that vision earlier in their life in terms of growing their business. That's typically evolved. Most of my clients have come from some type of traditional or corporate world before, and then they've got that little itch or that buzz in terms of, I want to do something for myself as well. And it's really down to all of the decisions that they make and you make and I make on a day-to-day basis that lets things unravel and then it allows us to look at, well, what is possible? What do we want to do? And then it becomes that next version of what we're looking for to strive for or to make happen as well. So it doesn't have to be something that you really have that clear goal right from the outset in terms of where do you want to be in X amount of years time because it can evolve. And that's very much around how we are all becoming who we are each and every single day as well. And we become who we are every single day. And that's also really exciting but scary on the other hand as well. And let me explain what I mean by that. So I was chatting to a few people and sharing how I was listening to this book with Shireen and how we were loving it. And autobiographies are just full of insights and fascinating parts of people's journeys that you don't necessarily see. I am very, very aware that we still only see the parts of autobiographies that they want us to see and it's published. So it's not necessarily a true, true reflection of everything and the whole story. And they made a couple of offhand comments about, well, it's good when you read autobiographies of people that are really inspiring. And they were saying that their autobiography, if they were to ever write one, would be many, many chapters of getting up in the morning, going to a job I don't really love. And then that's kind of it. It's like Groundhog Day. And obviously that's different from my world because I love what I do. I choose to do what I do as well. And I know everybody's got their own decisions to make and their own journeys. But it did kind of give me that bit of a a wake up call in terms of, well, actually, how many chapters of every one of our lives would we be really inspired by that are moving things forward that are really part of that journey in who you are and who I'm becoming as well? Because if you are plodding along or if you're doing things that you really don't want to be doing or are not working for you, then it is kind of like wasted time and it's wasted chapters in your autobiography. So it was a nice kick up the backside for me in terms of just with this whole question and this reflection of, because every single day we are writing and we are creating our lives. So we are living out our autobiography on a day-to-day basis. But would you really hand and heart be inspired by your autobiography? Would you be excited to write it, never mind even reading it? And if not, then hopefully it gives you that bit of a wake-up call in terms of, well, what would make it more exciting for you? And what can you do to make that happen? Because like the book Becoming, we all have our own becoming stories and it's evolving. So it doesn't matter what age you are, what stage you are in your career or your business, we still have a choice in terms of to make pivots, to make decisions that can move things forward or create change as well. And that's what I love seeing. I love helping people 
whilst on their own becoming story to create those pivots, to create those moments of clarity and the decisions to basically get out our way and to help them to make what they want happen and their reality. And what I also loved about the whole story that Michelle Obama shared was that throughout all those steps that she took, the ones that she decided for herself, i.e. her career, but also the ones that she was involved with in terms of Barack, when he decides to go into politics and become a senator, and then obviously go for becoming the president. Many of those milestones were joint decisions for him and Michelle for their family. So it wasn't necessarily her own decisions of what she wanted to, but throughout it, she always talked about how she still had doubts and uncertainty. So right from when she was in primary school or the equivalent of that in America, to when she was at Princeton University and even being a first lady and before that in her jobs as being a lawyer and lots of different jobs that she had throughout as well, she used to always kind of ask herself that question of, am I good enough? And then she realised that she was and she would say, I am good enough. And I love that because no one can tell you if you're good enough at doing anything. It all comes down to our comparison and what we think. And I use that word comparison because that's how likely and how often we think about ourselves when we think, am I good enough? Well, compared to who or compared to what? But what she talked about in her book was she really had to kind of get that from internally. It didn't matter if other people told her she was good enough or what she thought until she made that connection and that decision of I am. That's what then allowed her to rise up to whatever that challenge was that she was facing as well. So as a business owner, it is down to you and it's down to me to really focus on being good enough for ourselves to help us move forward to allow us to be the best versions of ourselves. I know that sounds a bit woo-woo, but really every single day you are becoming the version of yourself that you have evolved to be. And are you proud of that? Is that version of yourself going to get the results that you want to, that you're striving for as well? And it's going to be so much harder to make that happen if you have got these limiting beliefs or these doubts or uncertainty that you're carrying around with you. So always asking yourself when you are going for that next goal or even just making things happen on a daily basis, reminding yourself in terms of, yes, you are good enough to go after and make things happen as well. And another thing that I knew already, but I didn't quite get the whole timing concept of it was, I knew that Barack Obama didn't have a massive political career before he then went to throw his hat in the ring to become the president. So on one hand, that was really refreshing because sometimes we can think, oh, things will take absolutely ages or, well, we won't get success for many, many years down the line. So that really did inspire me in terms of how you can make things happen really quickly in the grand scale of things. But also on the flip side, it wasn't an overnight success. It really did take a lot of time. It took energy. All the roles that Barack Obama had before, all the community roles that he had, his whole passion, his whole purpose, all of that was compounding together to get him to where he got to and even doing what he's doing at the moment as well. So it is an interesting one when we put timescales onto our goals where sometimes we think, is it ever going to happen? And we might not necessarily see where we are being where we want to necessarily be. So without necessarily having that whole, oh, is it going to take ages? 
having that inspired belief and that foresight that actually things don't have to take ages, but also making sure that you don't think, oh, just because you start your business or you have decided to do this next project or this next promotion, that necessarily it will be that overnight success because it's typically not. And that also then really linked into the fact that things are very iterative. So they don't necessarily go on that straight line. And Michelle talks about in her book that when she was really striving for having the best education that she could all the way from when she was a tiny girl. And what she also felt was that she had to do things perfectly. So she was a bit of a perfectionist. So you might be sitting here and resonating with elements of that. Because again, in my career or my business at times, I know that that's a trap I can fall into, thinking that things have to be perfect. But what that meant for her was that she started off being a lawyer, but quite quickly she realised that it just wasn't the thing for her. It left her being quite empty, even though she was very competent at it. She knew it just wasn't the path for her. But because she liked things to be perfect, she really did talk about how she missed a number of those signs to take a different route. So she eventually did take on a different route. She went and moved from being a lawyer and going into other careers that really did get more into what she wanted and her values and the causes that she wanted to support as well. So that included being working in a hospital and also working in other kind of community organizations. I don't want to ruin the whole book for you. But again, for me, that really did highlight to me that sometimes we can hold ourselves back because we want things to be perfect. But actually, is life perfect? No, we need to basically just be living and taking actions. And I'm not saying this is about throwing the baby out of the bathwater or being reckless, because I know, like me, you might have responsibilities, you might have other factors to consider. But really, when things aren't going the way that you want Or you're feeling that you've created something and it's not inspiring anymore. You're feeling flat. You're feeling that it's not getting you to share your best value. Is that where you want to kind of end that part of your autobiography? Is that you done? Or is there more that you're capable to offer your customers, your clients, your business, whatever that might be as well, or other parts of your life? It is always looking at, well, what is that next chapter? How are you evolving? And sometimes that might mean a natural pivot to what you have been doing. And other times it might mean that you're having an overhaul and making bigger changes as well. So again, I just love you to think about for yourself, what does that mean? Has there been times where you've been comfortable to be able to go, yep, I'm making that change, even if it doesn't feel like it's a perfect change? Or are you sometimes stifled or hold yourself back or get in your way because you're looking for things to be perfect? And actually, Is that really ultimately what you want? Do you want the results? Do you want the experience? Or is it about just thinking or striving for that illusion of perfect? What I also loved was that even when things weren't going well, okay, so she talks quite a lot about her journey of leaving the White House after being in there for for two terms. And she doesn't cloud the fact that she wasn't totally impressed by any manner of means with the new family that were going to be taking their place. But what I loved and what I found really refreshing was even though she didn't agree with the new political agenda 
and the new president. She talks about still being hopeful even when things are uncertain as well. And I really loved that part because there are many times, and I'm sure you'll agree with this, that when it comes to changing or creating experiences or just living on a day-to-day basis as well, things are never a straight line. So there may be times in your business where you're questioning it, you're thinking, is it ever going to get the results I want to? Am I on the right path? And there may be times where your doubts start to creep in, like we talked about before, or it gets a bit turbulent. But here it's about making sure you don't give in to your fears and actually you still have that hope. And I'm not saying here being blinded by just delusional hope. It is also about taking action. But really, even if there are chapters of your autobiography that you're creating on a day-to-day basis, that it's not all going to be plain sailing. But it's about still making sure that you don't let some challenging chapters override how you're feeling or how you even see your life going forward and even in the present moment as well. Another key part that I loved about the story that Michelle talked about was that she didn't limit her choices based upon her current situation and the current environment that she was in. And that could have been really easy to do that based upon where she grew up and the demographics and even the schooling that she was in at different points. And a lot of that came down to the support she had from her family and those around her as well to really go, how do you make the most of those opportunities? So the reason why, again, I love that was because even in our world, there can be times where we might think, we don't have it as easy because I don't have the amount of time compared to the other people that you might compare yourself against to in terms of the focus in your business. You might not have the same amount of funds. You might not have the same amount of experience. All these things, if we let it, could limit us. But instead, flipping that switch to go, you are in the perfect environment for you. You are in that perfect situation to become who you will become and allow your business to focus on that journey as well. And that really becomes exciting in my eyes because you get to then go, right, with the situation that you're in, so all the different factors and your life circumstances, it then allows you to go, with that, what can I make happen? And that could be completely different based upon what other people might be doing that have very similar businesses to you, that your peers might be doing, and that's actually perfect. And Michelle even talks about the meaning of success in the book. And she says something along the lines of success isn't about how your life looks to others. It's about how it feels to you. So let me repeat that again. Success isn't about how your life looks to others. It's about how it feels to you. So I want to start wrapping up on that point. What does life look like for you in terms of what would be the meaning of success in your eyes? A big question, right? But that is a great question for you to ponder on, for you to reflect upon, and for you to really tap into because that is the only version of success that really does matter at the end of the day. It's about how you feel about it and what that does for you. And then it allows you to channel your energy into those right projects, those right business opportunities that really does fit with you, that lights you up, that inspires you. And it goes back to even when Michelle said when she got into the White House, the first lady role was quite an interesting role because there's no job title. You're not elected into that role. 
And some first ladies in the past, they've taken elements of what was expected in those roles. But Michelle wanted to use that platform and that role in a powerful way to allow her to contribute to something that had meaning as well. A version of success in her eyes and for helping others on a way that could work in that role. So that's why a lot of things that she got involved with, it had meaning behind it. So for example, she talked about how she realised that she had a great platform that came with the role and then she thought about how could she leverage that platform onto the projects and where she wanted to put support into. So that was around healthy eating and healthy living for young people in America, how she can help in terms of bring the spotlight onto ex-service personnel. And she did that in a way that was based upon her personality, based upon having fun. And that's why she said that she did things like doing James Corden's carpool karaoke by being on Ellen, for example. It wasn't for the purpose of just harping in the spotlight. It was always about how does she use that platform for a bigger purpose to shine the spotlight onto what she was working on or what she was putting her energy behind as well. And again, I love that factor because when it comes down to being our own bosses, especially in the world that I work in with a lot of my clients, and we've all got a voice. We've all got things that we're passionate about. And a lot of people that I work with, they put that energy and their voice into what their business is all about, how they can help others, how they can add value in that way. And that's why sometimes people can go to the one extreme in terms of, They're all about talking about what they're doing. They're showcasing that on lots of social media platforms in a way. But then they then lose sight of what's the purpose of it. It doesn't actually channel or directly go into helping them grow their business to allow them to help make a positive impact on those clients or sharing those products that they're creating. So we need to make sure that whatever we're doing, how we're putting ourselves out there, in my view, is done from the right place it's done from the right energy to be able to go what's the purpose of this and it's not just to stroke your ego or to make you feel that you are being busy or that you're doing things but really actually asking yourself is this making an impact how is this helping you to do what you're all about to put the energy into that project that promotion that business that value whatever it is and that's where you can make real magic happen from my world as well And that also then links to the flip side. If you're not putting yourself out there, if you're not leveraging those opportunities to share your voice, to share your point of view, to share how you can add that value, then it might mean that you're not making the big impact that you want to based upon your goals and what your business is all about. So what I take from that and what really helped inspire it was that whole premise behind, and again, you've heard it many, many times before, Simon Sinek talks about it, start with why, but why are you doing what you're doing in the first place? And that can then really help just add that fuel into your goals to make them even more meaningful as well. So that's just my key takeaways from what I got from listening to Becoming. There's many, many more great, great examples in terms of how they juggled being parents, how they juggled even their relationships. I think that was great conversations for me and Shireen as well saying, yeah, sometimes we think that we're really busy, but are we actually really that busy that we don't have those regular date nights? And all those other things can sometimes get in the way. So it was a nice kick up the backside on a number of those personal aspects as well. 
And finally, I loved the way that the book was called Becoming. And it summed it up really nicely when Michelle talks about the idea behind the title of the book and how she hated the idea that journeys are finite. So really, becoming is who you are becoming today. That helps you become who you become tomorrow and into the future as well. So it's very much a everyday situation. It's iterative. Every day we're living and we are creating and writing our life. So are you really being inspired by the life that you're creating? And if not, then what can you do about it? So I love the book, as I'm sure you can tell. I would definitely recommend if what I've shared has just sparked your interest to tune into the book, listen, read whatever format you prefer. But for me, it's about who are you becoming? And are you happy? And are you excited about who you're becoming? And if not, Remember, you've got choices and how you can make those changes today. So I look forward to sharing even more with you on the next episode. As always, please do let me know your thoughts. And if something I've shared with you today helps inspire you to just knuckle down even more, to take even bigger action or to create some changes or pivots that you have been putting off for some while, but you realize that you've just been getting in your way and now is the time for you to create those changes. So drop me an email at Osman, that's O-S-M-A-A-N, at rapidtransformation.co.uk. Let me know your thoughts and your actions from today's episode, and you'll have all the relevant links. I'll put a link into the book Becoming in the show notes, and you can find out that and all other relevant information over at rapidtransformation.co.uk forward slash 39. So until next time, bye for now. If you feel like you're still just scratching the surface and growing your business, and even with all the action that you're taking, you still regularly feel stuck or frustrated, then the chances are you're hitting one of the three business growth blocks that many entrepreneurs and business owners face. But don't worry, you can rapidly transform that from today. Simply start by taking my free business growth block quiz to see if your design, mindset and strategies are currently working for you or against you. Your results will help you put your finger on the elements that need your immediate focus. Plus, you'll also get access to a short video series with lots of practical ways to either fine-tune or overhaul each of these essential foundations. Take the free quiz now over at rapidtransformation.co.uk slash quiz.